Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. This last Thursday, I was going south on Georgia Street out here and heard sirens, and I saw a fire truck coming. So I pulled over to the side as others did. However, I have noticed others in the past not pull over, and they just keep on going. And I pulled over because I know the why. First, it's the law that you're supposed to pull over. Second, it also gives, it's a, it gives room for the emergency vehicle to get where they're needing to go, and it helps everything to be safe. So, but you know, here lately, I've also noticed in funeral processions that more and more people don't pull over. I mean, I've told people when we have a procession from here out to one of the cemeteries, I said, I just really don't like them anymore because I've seen just almost so many near wrecks of people getting hurt. And, and, but, you know, even though it's not a law, I still pull over. And even though it's not a law, you know, you pull over to show that the family our respect for their loss. I've seen people pulled over on the side of the road with their standing outside the car with their hat off over their heart, just showing respect. And also, there's another safety factor when it comes to pulling over when we go through this time. So I know the why, so I pull over. You know, we just had another school shooting this last week, and I wonder when we're going to remember the why kids should be raised to respect others and value life. I wonder when we're going to remember the why kids should be disciplined as they mature or grow. Or maybe why the why we should guard our kids from violent video games. Remembering the why we should shelter them from drugs that mess with their minds. Or the why that used to, we knew that teaching boys and girls were two different things. I'm not saying that to meddle this morning, but I see a lot of things. You know, our borders are another example where it seems that we've forgotten why we had closed borders. American has always been open to immigrants coming across in the legal way, yet our borders were closed for the safety of our people. And it seems we've forgotten the why that we do that very thing anymore. And believe me, when you forget the why, then you start to pay for what's happening. I could go on about things we no longer do because we have forgotten why we were doing them, but I won't. However, I have noticed the same thing can happen in a church. As culture shifts and changes around us and we quit quit doing things because we have forgotten the why that we do certain things. Even in the church culture today, that we have, we, if we're not careful, we forget why we do what we do. So for the next four weeks, I will be preaching a series titled, Why We Do What We Do. You can see it very clearly up there. Why we do what we do. I think it's important. And for the subtitle of each week's sermon, I'll be using one of the four words that's hanging on the foyer, on the wall, 
that help us accomplish our mission here at San Jacinto, which is connecting, teaching, and engaging all people, all ages, for Christ. So I'll be using one of those four words this next few weeks. And today I want to talk about why we gather. Why we gather together like we're doing here this morning. What's the purpose? What's the reason? So I want to talk about some areas this morning, and this doesn't cover all of them. This is not an exhaustive list, list of why we come together, but I want to share a few things. One of the first things, gathering together is being scripturally compliant. Gathering together is being scripturally compliant. When we think about why we come together, it's scriptural. When we think about why we get up on Sunday or when we get up on whatever time we're gathering or what we go to, it's a scriptural thing for our lives. Many of us know this verse, and you've heard me quote it time in and time again. Hebrews 10.25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling together. You know, we are told to come together. The word forsaken means to neglect. You know, when you neglect something, that it truly shows that you haven't taken care of it. You know, if you neglect your car, someone is going to observe it. When, when you object or, or neglect your hair, if you got hair, someone's going to notice it. I don't have that problem. But when you neglect something, you ne neglect your yard, and people are going to know that you haven't taken care of your yard, you haven't mowed it, you haven't groomed it, you haven't taken care of it. And the word forsaken is the same thing. It says do not neglect coming to church. Do not neglect coming together. There's no other way to interpret this verse. I know there's some verses that people take and they twist, but there's no other way to take this scripture other than realizing that Paul has said, or if Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, he says, do not forsake coming together. It's a very easy. I listened to a sermon this morning, and I'm thinking, I loved your sermon, but you twisted almost every scripture you used. Some say they feel they don't need to come, yet out of feelings, let me tell you, our feelings... Never change what the Word of God says. A lot of people, I feel this, I feel that. That's great. I, I catch myself doing that. But it never changes what the Word of God says. See, we are to encourage each other to come. That's what exhorting means. Ex encourage one another to come and be part of this congregation, part of when we gather together. The word means to invite or encourage those that may be slacking and not out of condemnation, but out of love. In a way that would encourage. And why, what is the big reason? I'm not going to spend much time on this verse because I, I, I quote it quite often. And, but the fact is the big reason that we want to gather together, it, it says even so much more as we see that day approaching. And that day approaching is Jesus coming back. If I was to ask you this morning, how many believe Jesus is coming back soon? Would you please raise your hand? Everyone in this place this morning, almost everyone, has raised their hand this morning. So if I truly believe Jesus is coming back soon, then I need not neglect coming together. 
Because that's what the Word says. Even so much more as you see that day approaching. I thank God that day is approaching. Amen. How many are ready to go to heaven? How many are ready to forget all that's going on on this earth and we just walk on the streets of glory for eternity? But most of all, we get to see our Lord and our Savior. We get to look into His eyes, His face, and look at that one that has the nail-scarred hands that saved our life. Hallelujah. I look forward to that day. Absolutely. There's not anything on this earth that I really would want to keep me from making heaven. So even so much more as we see that day, we are together together. Another thing is gathering together has been the habit of the church ever since her birth. Gathering together has been the habit of the church ever since her birth. Literally, listen, literally for 19 centuries... Or over 190 decades, or around 1923 years, the church has been gathering together. Would you agree with me? That's a long time. That's a long tradition. We all just came through a, a season of tradition where we eat Thanksgiving like this. We do Christmas like this. And if anybody changes that tradition, how dare you? How dare you put the rolls right there? We have been putting them over here. How dare you serve ham instead of turkey? We have had turkey for Thanksgiving. But listen to what we're saying here and understand what the Word of God is saying. Oh, for over 19 centuries, 190 decades, 1923 years, the church has been meeting together. That is a tradition. That is something that is established and it has been that way since the birth of the church. Acts 1, verse 12 and 13 says this, And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, John, and Andrew, and all of the disciples. They started meeting that day. They met in the upper room. They had a prayer meeting there. They had talks about Jesus. You know, the Bible just doesn't tell everything that was what was happening, but I'm sure they had a conversation about what they just seen when the angel says, you men of Galilee, why you stareth up? That same Jesus will come back in the same like manner. I don't know about you, but if I'd witnessed that, I'm going to be talking about it when we come together. If I was a witness that this week, we'd be preaching about it next Sunday. And so they met together in that upper room. Who? The church. You said, well, the, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out yet. But let me tell you something. Jesus had already met them and breathed the Holy Spirit into them. They had been born again before they met. And they started meeting there, and they've been meeting ever since the church. Now, I've been to the upper room when I was in Israel. They, they said, and we get in there, and they said, this is the upper room. We think it was the upper room. I'm going to tell you, God met us there. We all got to singing and praying, and, and, and God met us in that room, and it, it probably wasn't even the upper room, but we thought we were there. But you know, something happened right there. They started to see the benefits of coming together. 
And they started doing that, what, 19 centuries ago. Over 19 centuries ago, they started meeting together. Every generation has gathered together since then. I thank God for that. You know, this church, the church that I'm talking about, they gathered in an upper room. They gathered in that same room when the Holy Ghost was poured out, if you go over in Acts 2. They came together, the church that I'm talking about, this church, we're part of that church. They came together in favorable conditions when it was all right to meet. And they came together when things were not as favorable, when things were unfavorable like it is for the church in China, like it is for the church in Iran, and many other places that are not allowed to do what we do in this room this morning. I'm saying they came together either way. They found a place to come together with other brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Why? Because they do not neglect coming together. They say the underground church in China is amazing. They can't meet in open, but they are one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Or not in the country, but in the world. They come together. They value what many times we take for granted. They continue to gather together. In Acts 2, verse 46, it says, So they continually with one accord in the temple, God's house, and in breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They continued to come together even after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They continued to find places to meet and come together. So every generation since then, each one of us have family members that gathered together. <coughs> Some of us can talk about grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents that made a habit of coming into church. Because why? It is the habit of God's children to come together. It has been for centuries and it will continue to be a habit for God's children till He comes and takes us home. It is what we as Christians do. Amen? <clears throat> Still got a little coughing. I'm trying to be nice and calm. It's what we've been doing for decades. There's people that gather together weekly for something else. The church should gather together weekly for God. Amen? It is something that we do as Christians. <coughs> Another thing is gathering together presents wonderful opportunities. Why don't we just come together? Because it, it does. It, it presents wonderful opportunities for us. When we come together under one roof, when we come together, the first wonderful opportunity is for Christ to walk among us. For Christ to walk among us in the midst of us. Matthew 18, 20 says this, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, <clears throat> I am in the midst of thee. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. I'm gonna, it, whether it be in Sunday school class, a connect group, a youth group, children's group, or our services in here, when we gather together, 
Jesus is in the midst of us. Can I, can I tell you that I have experienced God moving in a Sunday school class? Did you know God can move right back there in that children's church with those kids? God can move over. I would just love to get a text from the youth group that says, hey, we are, we're not going to be able to dismiss for a while. God is just moving in the midst of us. I'm saying there's some, some wonderful opportunities when we come together for Jesus to walk among his children, among his flock, when we come together. I've been in Sunday school classes where we just start praising God and the Holy Spirit comes down in there and, and just touches people's lives. Where? Right back there in that old fellowship hall that used to be the sanctuary of the church. God still moves when we come together. It is not necessarily about the size of the group, but it's about who's in the midst of the group. And his name is Jesus. I've watched God come and, and the Lord walk among us and even in the room when my mother was in hospice and we had message in tongues and interpretation and, and, and God just touched us in that room. <coughs> Where God comes and meets us in those places. One of the wonderful opportunities is that Jesus will walk among us. Another thing about this wonderful opportunities here is that, that, that opportunity for a special community induced by the love of Christ to evolve. A special community induced by the love of God, love of Christ to evolve. <clears throat> now I chose some words there, but I want to I read this. But, and I chose that word evolve for a reason. Because evolve means things start to grow and change. And things start to be what they need to be. Evolve does not mean that it just happens overnight. Wouldn't it be great that we'd all of a sudden we'd be the most loving people on planet earth when we got saved? Amen? Wouldn't it be great? I'm going to tell you we will be that one day, but we're going to be not on planet earth. It would be great if we'd be the exact church in every move and everything that we did, every conversation we had, everything we would consider one another before we spoke and consider one another. But the truth is churches evolve into that. Churches have to grow into that. And churches have to make way for that. To evolve is a word that means, you know, I don't agree with evolution, the way they teach evolution in school and stuff like that. That's baloney. But the word itself means a progressive thing. And the church can evolve into what God would have it to be. Amen? And so when we look at this very thing, it's a, a great opportunity Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 47 says this. This is talking about that early church. It says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. The, the evolution, the evolving of the church body is to learn to watch out for others' needs. And to meet those needs and be there for them. It says they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread. They also had communion together. Our communion is in Christ Jesus. Our connection is through the Holy Spirit. We have all been bought by the blood of Jesus which brings us into that family. We are a special group of people. Amen. 
No matter where you came out of, what you did before, when you get blood and when you get bought by the blood of Jesus, when you are redeemed and you become part of the family of God, and there's nothing literally like the family of God. When the family of God is functioning like the family of God ought to function, it is something that reaps love all over it. Come on, the love of Christ is an amazing thing. And let me tell you, there's no perfect body, there's no perfect preacher, but I'm going to tell you if we have the attitude that when we come together, we have the opportunity and the possibility to be what God wants us to be. It's something that man can't buy. It's something that you can't learn on church one-on-one. It's something that the Holy Spirit brings together and helps us to be the person we need to be in a congregation. It's a loving thing. When we come, that opportunity to break bread together. They ate their food with gladness. Us Pentecostals, we get that. Amen, we love that eating that food. Praising God, they come together as a group. It's a special, unique group. Listen, we, the, the church doesn't need alcohol to have a good time. Come on, there's a lot of people that come out of alcohol and they don't know how to have any other good time. But I'm going to tell you, if they can connect into the body of Christ, they'll find that there's another, another thing that can give them a good time, and it's called the Holy Ghost. We don't need drugs to make our mind all messed up that we can gather together. We don't need some football hero. Oh, we got Jesus. Amen? We got the Holy Spirit. We got the Word of God, which is alive and well today. I'm telling you, what we have in this room today is special. The world does not offer it. And therefore, we must evolve into what God would have us to do. If we make mistakes, let's make them right. If we don't do things right, let's get it right. But God wants us to be the people of unity endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and to love one another. Now, I can raise my hand and say, God, I still need work. Amen. Amen. All of us can say, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm going to tell you, it is possible. Gathering together, we can be that group of people that God would have us to be. We can evolve into that. You know, we talk evolution. They say we come from monkeys. I had one dear old sister in the church say one time, well, when you can show, you know, I may be a, 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 something, I can't even remember how she said it. I better not even say it. But anyhow, <laughs> in other words, if you can show me swinging from a tree, then I'll believe your evolution. But, but anyhow, it's one of those things. But let me tell you, a church has the possibility, listen, the church has the possibility of getting better and better and better and better in doing what God wants us to do. Amen. Amen? With our love, with God's love. It's a great uh, opportunity for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to take place. When we come together, when we gather together, it's a great opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the Spirit, to another the working of the miracles, to another prophecy. 
to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. The gifts are powerful and available today. I know that when we come together, there's a possibility of the Spirit to move, for the Spirit to manifest when we come together as believers, when we come into a room such as this, it can happen in any of our gatherings. The Holy Spirit can come together in a powerful way in any of our gatherings. It doesn't matter, again, about the size of the crowd, but it matters about whether we will come together after the Lord. If I had time, I could tell you all the, some of the times when the Holy Spirit has moved in such powerful ways. And that's one of the deals, and one of the things it seems in the church today is we don't want the Spirit to move. We want to do what we want to do. But I'm going to tell you, it was never intended that way. God gave us the Holy Spirit. He's come onto a mission into the church that He may manifest Himself in a powerful way. And we, we gather together. We can expect God to move in the midst of us and gifts to take place. More, Listen, there's more than just the message in tongues. Come on. We, we should seek whichever gift is needed at that moment. Maybe there's a gift of healing that needs to be taken place. Maybe there's a word of knowledge that needs to be spoken. Maybe we need some wisdom. But the thing is, when we gather together, we can expect the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the midst of us if we are willing to let Him move. Amen? If we just take time and allow Him to do it. This can happen in any of our gatherings. It can happen in the, in the Sunday school class. It can happen in the Connect group. Man, wouldn't it be great if all the Connect groups said, man, we just experienced God tonight. Amen. And it would be better than the snacks. We can expect Him to pour His Spirit out upon us. In Acts 2, they were gathered together. And also in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, Holy Ghost came in such a way that it just interrupted what they were doing. And they have all got filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? They were all together. There are lots of opportunities for wonderful things. You know, have you ever had someone tell you about something exciting that's happened and you weren't there and you missed it? He said, oh, I wished I was there. You know, I, I, it really irritates me when, when someone says, you should have been at church this morning because you should have seen what God did. Or you should have been in revival. And I'm thinking, yeah, I should have been. I love the presence of the Lord. Amen. We had one amazing night with Dan Parker that people were healed in amazing ways and God came down. Why? Because we gathered together. God moves in powerful ways when His people will come together with a heart after Him. Amen. Gathering is a wonderful thing. It's something that you've got to make your mind up to do. It's something that the flesh will fight you against. It's something that culture will fight you against. But let me tell you, gathering has always been a thing that the church does. What we do. I thank God for this wonderful place that he's allowed us together. Sometimes I'm praying in here and I just, I just weep. 
because I see it, my first church was just a little bitty shotgun church. Had gas heaters that fumigated the whole church. <laughs> it, and, and then look at what God's blessed us with here. Brother Dale and his crew did a wonderful job on the remodel of it. I thank God for this. But you know, even if this the most precious thing is coming together and experience the fellowship that we have with one another and experience the presence of God among us when we come together. You know, when I first got saved, Pastor, if you'll come. When I first got saved, I, I came to Sunday morning only. And uh, I did that for a little while and my pastor didn't call me up and say, hey, why aren't you in Sunday school class? We're open on Sunday night and we're open on Wednesday also. Where are you at? I learned a lot from my pastor. He, he could have been really hard on me when I first got saved because I had a lot of things that needed to get out of my life and he was one of the most patient men I've ever met versus some other guys I know that will just say, you either get like me in 24 hours or you're not going to make it to heaven. You know, we run a lot of people off by putting all our stuff on them. And so I, I only came on Sunday morning and when I first got saved, then I started attending Sunday school class and and then started attending Sunday night and, and then Wednesday night. And then I'd, you'd find me at the revivals when we had revivals. And, and you know, it, it had been part of my life coming together. Coming together for God's house and, 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 and enjoying it. And I can tell you this morning that if I wasn't a pastor, I'd still be in church. Because see, over my lifetime, I've experienced many things as we've gathered together. And I cannot tell you the number of times the gifts of the Holy Spirit has moved in services that I've been in. I can't tell you the number of times that a word over here ministered to that person over here or that person that just came in for a Sunday because God drawed them out of the streets and they was wanting to hear from God. I can't tell you the number of times that the Holy Spirit has moved and ministered in a powerful way. And I can't even tell you the number of times that I've come saddened, beaten up, and hurt, and a message of tongue comes and ministers to my heart. Or maybe a sweet whisper from the Holy Spirit has came and encouraged me in a time of being down. I can't tell you that how many times. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen it in other people's lives, but I'm going to tell you I've seen it over and over and over again and have experienced it over and over again where when people come to gather in the name of Jesus, when we gather together, there's a, an amazing thing that takes place. And I can't tell you the number of times I've seen people and witnessed people healed in God's sanctuary when people would lay hands. I remember the first time Brother Ray Cook looked at me and I was sitting over the, on the right-hand side, two pews back in the middle aisle. And he pointed at me and says, come up here. And I'm going, I just got saved. And Brother Farrell was up there and Brother Farrell was an older man and he had this big old, looked like a pacemaker in his chest that just appeared overnight. And Brother Ray said, lay hands on him and pray for him. And I prayed for him that day and God healed him that moment. That knot was gone, it was completely gone before he left church that day. 
And I can't tell you how many times I've seen God heal someone physically in the house of God. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen it when we come together. When we come into the same room and God reaches down. And I can't tell you how many times physically I've seen it. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched people be healed mentally. Because they've got depression. They've got things going on in their life. They've got hurt going on. And they've got things happening that are not right. And they were looking for some answers. And God reaches down and touches them and brings healing. We're at in the house of God. That's what God does. That's why we come together because God, the Holy Spirit, moves in a powerful way and He heals our minds. See, He's a God that will heal the body, the mind, and the spirit. And I've seen many of oh, many of oh, many people come unto the Lord and then have the salvation in God, get a hold of them, they serve God the rest of their lives. Where? In the house. When we come together. When we come together, I've watched God move. It touched people. I've watched God give a word that speaks right into a person's situation and watch them melt as God speaks to them. Can't even tell you the number of people I've seen filled with the Holy Spirit. They say, well, nobody gets filled anymore. I disagree with you. People get filled with the Holy Spirit. And people still talk with the evidence of being filled, and that is tongues. I've seen that over and over again, I was filled. And I've seen others that are filled. Now I can't tell you the number of services that I've set in. And the waves of God's Holy Spirit just come in. People weep and cry and start shouting. And the wave will lift for a moment. And then the wave come back in. And then the wave of the Spirit will lift again. And the wave will come back another time. And all of a sudden, when the wave comes back down of the Holy Spirit, this one over here starts breaking out in tears and laughter and crying before God. And then this one over here and another wave comes in. Folks, I am missing these things. I'm telling you today, why do we do what we do? Why do we come together? Because it's a wonderful time when God's people come together. If there's anything that the enemy wants to divide, that we all know it, divide and conquer. We need to come together more right now than we've ever came together in our whole life as a church. Because it's in these times, it's in these moments that God does amazing things. See, all those things I can tell you or talked about, I can't tell you how many, but I can tell you this much. It was when his people gathered together. When his people came together. So it may be it's time we remember why we do what we do. Why we do what we do. Why we come? Why do we gather? Because God does amazing things.